Yo, what is up? Welcome to the Whoop and Choop Podcast. It is Choop here, and I'm actually without Whoop. I'm in Colorado right now, so we won't be able to record together. But we're going to split up our free agency and NFL segments of this podcast into two separate parts apiece. So, yeah, we'll be able to work it out. So I'm going to start off with the first bit of free agency and trades. Um, we already covered some on our last NBA podcast, so make sure to check that out. But here's like 95% of all the trades we have here. So we're just going to jump right into it. All right, first up, we have a trade between the Sixers and the Mavs, trading Josh Richardson for Seth Curry in the 36th pick. Um, I mean, Josh Richardson in the 36th pick for Seth Curry. I don't mind this deal at all. Um, personally, as a Sixers fan, defensively we're pretty stout, but we need to spread out our offense and just we need more shooters really because we haven't been able to shoot the three that well. And Seth Curry shoots 43% from three from for his career, which is amazing. So that's definitely a good addition to our team. So I definitely like that. Um, then next we have a three-team trade between the Clippers, Nets, and Pistons. The Nets get Landry Shamit, the Clippers get Luke Kennard, and the Pistons get the 19th pick along with Rodney Magruder. Not really much to say about this trade, but the Nets are getting a good shooter. And when you're a contending team who's really trying to be like, you know, win the finals like the Nets are in these next two years, you need shooters on your team that can really, you know, just create offensively. And Landry Shamit is definitely that kind of guy. So that's always good for a contending team to get a guy like that. And uh, to move on to our next trade, we got OKC trading Kelly Oubre for Golden State to, to Golden State for a 2021 first round pick or two second round picks um, if it's not a top 20 pick. And um, I like this deal for the Warriors. You know, they lost Clay, so they need another defensive big man, not big man, but bigger guy. And Kelly's kind of like that. He can guard a bunch of guys. Offensively, he's all right, but, you know, it's not, not a terrible move for the Warriors. Next, we have. Goran Dragic resigning with the Miami Heat. I love this resigning. As we saw in the bubble, Goran Dragic is a really good point guard, and he is just kind of like the whole offense of the Heat. He keeps everyone involved. He really spreads it out to all their amazing players, but he like is the whole facilitator. And he does a really good job of leading that Heat offense. So I definitely like him resigning and staying with them. Uh, next we got Wesley Matthews signing with the Lakers. Uh, I like this. Wesley Matthews adds some good depth to the Lakers, you know, can shoot the three well, can play defense. Yeah, so I like this move for L.A. Uh, next, we have Jaleel Okafor signing a two-year deal with the Pistons and Mason Plumlee signing a three-year $25 million deal with the Pistons. Uh, it's kind of weird for the Pistons just to pick up two mediocre big men, but, I mean, they're both young and they're both not bad, so I guess it's not a terrible move. Uh, it's just, um, I don't know, I'm so-so on it. Next, we got De'Aaron Fox signing a five-year, $163 million max contract with the Kings. Well, I couldn't speak there for a second. But this is definitely a good move by the Kings. You know, they need a star who they can build around. And De'Aaron Fox has shown that he can be that guy, young, up-and-coming guy, super fast, super quick offensively. Um, defensively, he's not that good, but he's a great leader. And he really just, you know, leads the Kings team well. And I think it's a good signing by them, you know, to lock him down and secure him. Next, we got Jordan Clarkson signing a four-year, $52 million deal to stay with the Jazz. Uh, they may be overpaid a little bit, but Jordan Clarkson's a good player, whether he's starting or coming off the bench, who can just give you good offensive scoring, and he can kind of do his own thing. So I think it's a good move by the Jazz. Uh, Jazz, again, here signing Derek Favors to a three-year, $30 million deal. You know, it's kind of funny because Derek Favors just left the Jazz like a year or two ago to go to the Pelicans, and now he's coming back. Um Three years, 30 is a little, probably a little much. You probably could have got him for a little bit cheaper because he's getting kind of old, but and not not terrible. 
Danilo Gallinari signs a three-year, $61.5 million deal with the Atlanta Hawks. I really like this move by the Hawks, actually. You know, they're a pretty young team, and Danilo is a good veteran who is a really good scorer and kind of adds an elite post presence to that team. Um, he's definitely one of the newer veterans or one of the older veterans. The only person older on that team I could think of is now Rondo, but we haven't gotten into him yet. But I definitely like this move for the Hawks. Gives them some better presence offensively and also adds another weapon to put around Trey Young, which is always good. Uh, next, we got Dwight Howard signing a one-year deal with the 76ers for the league minimum. I like this move by the Sixers a lot. You know, I'm a Sixers fan, like I said. And Dwight Howard is a good big man who's been a top-five player in this league. You know, he carried the Magic to a finals. He's been a elite player in this league. And now he's just a good locker room presence, a good guy off the bench to give you good small minutes here and there. But he'll definitely be able to, like, lead and mentor Joel Embiid to kind of be that big man star that he's trying to be to lead the Sixers. So I think it's kind of a good thing for his locker room presence and just, you know, having Dwight on the team as a whole. So I like this move as a team. Uh, next we got Malik Beasley signing a four-year, $60 million deal with the Timberwolves. Uh, not a terrible price. He fits Minnesota pretty well, but they probably could have gotten him for a hair cheaper. And then we got Rodney Hood signing a two-year, $21 million deal with the Blazers. I like this move by the Blazers, you know, re-signing another guy that was already on their team not paying too much. Rodney Hood played really well in the bubble for the Blazers, and he's kind of a key rotation guy for them. So I really like him staying there, so that's good. Uh, next we have Montrez Harrell agreeing to a two-year, $19 million deal with the Lakers. This signing's kind of weird, to be honest. You know, as we saw Montrez with the sixth man of the year on the Clippers last year, really played well with them. And you think that the Clippers would have done a better job of trying to secure him. Um, they made some other moves, but – I don't know. I kind of liked how Montrez looked on this team, and they let him walk just for him to go to the Lakers. I bet they wouldn't didn't have the idea of him leaving and going to you know their arch rival, but uh, I definitely like it for the Lakers. One hundred percent. Two years, nineteen million. Like I said, not a bad price at all. I definitely like it for the Lakers. It definitely boost them just depth wise. Like I've said, they have made a bunch of moves in free agency, and if this is haven't gone through all of them yet, obviously, but if I had to give a rankings of how some teams have gone, you got to have the Lakers in your top five easy, if not number one. Next, we got Jeremy Grant signing a three-year, $60 million deal with the Pistons. I definitely like this move for Jeremy Grant's sake. I mean, he got overpaid. He's not worth this much money, but that's all due in part because of how well he played for the Nuggets in the bubble. I mean, bro shut out, shut out, showed out, and played really good and got his contract, I think he wants, a, obviously, a bigger role if he's going to lead the Nuggets. But I think this would be good for him just from the mere fact that he can be a one or one to three option on this team and actually, you know, lead. We'll see what he can do. It'll be interesting to see. The Pistons have put themselves in a weird situation relying on a bunch of young players right now. It'll be interesting to see why. I mean, they made a bunch of signings, so it's almost like they're trying to make the playoffs. But for what reason? They could barely be an eighth seed if they tried. But, hey. Not terrible. Joe Harris signs a four-year, $70 million deal with the Nets. I really like this deal for the Nets. You know, he's been there for a while. He's an amazing shooter. And like I said earlier with the Landry Shamit signing, when you're a contending team trying to win a championship, you need those kind of shooters on your team just to, you know, surround your stars with. And Joe Harris is an amazing shooter, and I definitely like this move for the Nets 100%. Next, week, next we got Davis Burton signing a five-year, $80 million deal with the Wizards. Uh, he actually just left the Wizards a year or two ago to go to the Spurs, and now he's coming back. Five years, $80 million is not terrible. Uh, this actually might be the biggest contract for a ginger ever, which is kind of funny to say. But, you know, not terrible. He can shoot the three well, but not really much to say here. Not not bad. 
Christian Wood signs a three-year, $41 million deal with the Rockets. I They may have overpaid a little bit, but Christian Wood is a good up-and-coming center and definitely like the style of basketball he's playing. He's just kind of growing as a player well. And if James Harden is there, him and Christian Wood in the pick-and-roll could actually be a, you know something that works well. And so I don't hate this move for the Rockets. I think it's not bad. They may have overpaid a little, like I said, but not bad. Derek Jones Jr. signs a two-year, $19 million deal with the Blazers. I love this move by the Blazers. They had some other moves I like, but especially this one. You know, one gripe we've always had with them, no matter how many points they can put up, they've been terrible defensively and always let people just rack up points on them. And I like this move because Derek Jones Jr. is a really good defender, can guard almost any position on the court, and just adding him to their team definitely ho- hoops, definitely helps them defensively. And, yeah, just good move by them. Next, we got Marcus Morris re-signing on a four-year, $64 million deal with the Clippers. I mean, we saw him there last year. Not really much to say. Good move by L.A. Next, we got OKC landing Trevor Reza, Justin Jackson, and a, tw- and a first-round pick in a three-team deal. The Mavs get James Johnson. The Pistons get DeLon Wright. And like I said, OKC gets Trevor Reza, Justin Jackson. And actually, I don't know if it's a first-round pick, just a draft pick. But eh, not terrible. I don't know if they're going to keep Trevor Reza. He's kind of getting old. But Justin Jackson's a good up-and-coming player. And like you've seen the uh, Thunder do so much this free agency, they are stacking up on picks for the future. They are preparing for the next few years. So we'll definitely be interested to see what they do with all these picks they've gotten. Next, we've got Steven Adams traded to the Pelicans for a future first and second rounder. I actually really like this move by the Pelicans. They've increased their veteran presence. They've got Eric Bledsoe. Now they got Steven Adams. And you got Zion Williamson, who could be the next star of the NBA a great big man, and now to put Steven Adams right by him and kind of mentor him and show him how to be a big man, I think that'll be great. Definitely a good move by the Pelicans. And, yeah, this wrap, uh, wraps up my part of free agency. So uh, now for a quick ad. Moving on with the second half of the free agency part of this podcast, the first guy I want to talk about is Justin Holiday. He agrees to a three-year, $18.1 million deal to return to the Pacers. Um, a solid signing here, solid re-sign. Uh, he's a nice developing two-way player, and and personally for me, a, a prediction is I, I could see him being a candidate for the MIP award this upcoming season. So a really nice signing there. Uh, great player off the bench and uh, just adds a lot of de- nice depth to this Pacers team. Um, moving on, the next guy, uh, Michael Carter-Williams. He agrees to a deal to return to the Magic. Uh, with Michael Carter-Williams, you know, he's still young. And, he had, and he's a guy who, in a pro for him, he has really nice court vision, but he can't shoot the ball. And that's something that you got to be able to do in this league, and especially at that guard position. you got to be able to make the defense respect your shot to be able to, you know, become – to be able to get to that next level. And that's just something he hasn't obtained yet. So, for, for me, it's not a bad signing, but it's not something that the Magic necessarily, like – need but I guess it's just to have depth defensively at the guard position but Michael Michael Carter Williams one thing he definitely needs to work on is his scoring at all three levels the three-point the mid-range and getting to the basket if he can do that then I think this would be a a little bit better signing but but since he's not on that level yet I, I, I don't really know how to feel about this about this signing except for just you know it's just uh, depth at that defense at the guard position defensively. So yeah, um, moving on. Next guy to talk about, DJ Augustine signs a three-year, twenty-one million dollar deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. A really nice signing here. 
He's a nice offensive threat off the bench, backing up Drew Holiday. Just adds more depth to this Milwaukee Bucks team. We saw whenever he played against the Raptors on um, a year ago in the playoffs, he was their go-to guy uh, offensively besides Nikola Vucevic. But he worked really nice. He worked really uh, well with with Vuce, with Vucevic. So it shows that you know he's a dynamic point guard. Uh, you can plug him in the pick and roll. You, he can shoot the three ball. Uh, just the only thing that really kind of holds him back, or that's held him back from being, you know, a uh, on that top tier instead of just like a solid starter, is he's five eleven. And uh, so yeah, but he's a, he he'll be a nice solid uh, backup to Drew Holiday and just adds uh, depth to this Bucks team. So uh, solid sign there, uh, as well as Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis he signs a two year uh, deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, they're adding depth. You know, Portis is a solid defensive player. He adds length to this team, uh, complements this team nicely, and um, and, and down the road uh, in three, four years, if they re-sign him, he's a guy who, who has a lot of potential, a lot, a lot of upside because of his length. He can grow offensively, and he's he's got the perfect uh, he's got he, he's got the perfect frame to be like you know, a great two-way player. And most of the guys in this league who are at the top, you know, at the top level uh, or who are the best players in this league are two-way players. And uh, that's something that Bobby Portis could transform into. And uh, so so we'll see what happens there. But I think that's a solid signing for the Bucks. Um, moving on, my boy Fred Van Vliet gets paid. He signed a four-year, $85 million deal with the Raptors. Really, really happy for this dude. Um He's still underrated, and the thing about him is he's an absolute dog defensively. He's got his game together defensively. He's his offensive game is there as well. He can get to the basket. He can shoot the three ball. I just think one weakness for that uh, that he has in his game is he. We saw in like the Celtics series, he would have untimely turnovers that would that wasn't like that were kind of costly in uh, some of the in some of the bigger moments in the game, but. Those are things that you can definitely fix, and I think this is a guy who, as Kyle Lowry gets older, this is a piece where they're going to start trying to build their team around, I feel like, because I think a lot of people expected Pascal Siakam to be their building block, and we just didn't see it in the uh, playoffs. I thought Fred Van Vliet would be their third option, but he ended up being their second and sometimes first uh, main scoring option, and uh, Siakam was the third most of the time, and uh, he just didn't show up as well as Van Vliet did. Now, Siakam, I feel like, has more upside just because he, he's a wing and, you know, he's he's like 6'8", six, 6'9", six, you know, he's and and Van Vliet's six foot, so, so he obviously has more upside and has more potential. But right now, Fred Van Vliet's a guy who I'd rather start my team with over Siakam, and I think that's a guy that the uh, Raptors will try to build around in the future, and maybe that duo – with Siakam and Van Vliet can turn into something special down the road. But I'm happy this man got paid. He deserved it. Underrated player. Uh, Big things to come in the future for him. Uh, Moving on, Gordon Hayward signs a four-year $120 million deal with the Hornets. I don't like this as a business deal for the the Charlotte Hornets or long-term for the Charlotte Hornets because if you look at this Hornets team, it consists of very young players. And I guess for short-term, this – Gordon Hayward can put, you know, he, he'll be a solid player, a solid starter that can work well with Devontae Graham and work well with LaMelo Ball and, you know, kind of just, you know, bring some 
leadership intangibles and stuff like that just brings some experience to this team but he's not worth 30 million dollars a year he's not a superstar in this league anymore uh it sucks what happened to him with the injury and he was never to be honest with you he was never a superstar before the injury so i don't know why he's getting paid that much but uh i mean he's a solid player he's just not worth 30 million dollars a year i think he'll you know do well for the hornets and just because he's putting up numbers doesn't mean that this is a good signing they're spending Again, they're spending too much money on this man. But, uh, so yeah, a uh, four-year, $120 million deal with the Hornets um, for Gordon Hayward. But, uh, yeah, so uh, moving on to the next guy, we have Avery Bradley, who signed a two-year, $11.6 million deal with the Miami Heat. I like this signing a lot. It adds, it add, it adds depth defensively at the guard position for the Miami Heat, and they have you know they have Jimmy Butler now they'll have Avery Bradley and they already have and they have Goran Dragic those three guys well two are already elite defenders um Goran Dragic you know he's a he's a good defender so they have they have depth there defensively at that guard position and as an overall team they're very good defensively so uh that's a solid signing and also what Avery Bradley can do is you have two shooters in Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and you can plug if say Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson are in the game at the same time you know that's a they're both defensive liabilities, so you want, and they're out there for offensive purposes. So, with Avery Bradley, and he's more of like a second a role player in the second man unit. He's a guy who you can plug in into that second man rotation, and you'll have offense in like Tyler Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, and then you'll also have defense in Avery Bradley. So it'll be more balanced, and you'll have a more balanced attack. Uh, from the Miami Heat with that second man unit. So I think that's a good, good signing uh, for the Miami Heat. Brings a lot of depth. Brings a lot. Uh, Bradley brings, you know, a lot of de- defensive intangibles. So good signing there. Uh, moving on, next guy, Jay Crowder. He signs a three-year, thirty million dollar deal with the Phoenix Suns. I would say he's probably worth ten million dollars a year because he does the little things for teams. And this is just another, uh, you know, uh, another piece just to build around. You know the rising big three there. Uh, well, really the dynamic duo with Booker and Aiton, but then Chris Paul's probably Chris Paul or Booker's the best player on that team, and they have a trio. But but this is just a guy who just adds to their team. Um, and Jay Crowder, he's just adding and just doing the little things. He brings you know uh, defensive intangibles. He you know he does he just does the little things that doesn't really show up on a stat sheet, but a team needs if they want to compete in the playoffs or complete for a cha- or compete for a championship. So yeah, uh, solid signing there. Next guy, Jeff Green. He has agreed to a deal with the Nets. He's a guy kind of like uh, Jay Crowder as well. Just does the little things uh, for for your team. So that's a solid signing. Um, Moving on, I like this deal right here. Rajon Rondo, he signs a two-year, $15 million deal with the Atlanta Hawks. Now, the reason why I like this deal is because, you know, he arguably was maybe the third most important player on that Lakers team through that playoff run with the things he did. You know, he was making great plays and really just took the pressure off of LeBron James. And, and, he, and he's so smart. Now whenever, you trans, now whenever you plug him into the Atlanta Hawks team, this team is young. The Atlanta Hawks team is young. Rajon Rondo is arguably maybe the smartest basketball player, has the highest IQ in the NBA. He will, he will, I think he'll be able to take that leadership position in full stride. He's not as good as a point guard like Chris Paul, and we saw Chris Paul in that Thunder, in that Thunder role, that Thunder leadership role, and how far he took that team. And nobody, and they had like what a 0.2 percent chance to make the playoffs. So I feel like he's kind of in that role, but he has 
better players around him because he's not even the best player on his team. He probably won't even be a starter because obviously Trey Young, John Collins, those guys, those guys are the building blocks of the, the foundation of that team. Just Rajon Rondo will be a great mentor for Trey Young, and he'll be a great mentor for the whole team. And I think I think if he I think he can definitely take Trey Young's game to the next level and mentor his game to the next level because one thing Rajon Rondo was elite at whenever he was in his prime was def- was his defense and and I think he'll be able to really just you know drop some knowledge off to Trey Young defend, um, about how he can improve his game defensively because that's where Trey Young struggles is is defensively right now and if and I think if Rajon Rondo can you know help him with that can elevate his game to can elevate Trey Young's game defensively. I think uh, this Hawks team could end up being a problem this year. And uh, with Rajon Rondo, with himself, he brings a lot to the table. Um, like I said, leadership, IQ, all those things. And just um, I, a really sol- solid signing here. I like this signing a lot. Uh, and I think Rajon Rondo will be a huge, val- a very valuable piece in the playoffs. A guy that you know the Hawks will probably look towards and you know maybe have to count on in clutch moments because. He's been there, and you, you go down this Hawks lineup. None of these guys have like been been in a situation, won an NBA championship. None of these guys have been there, and this will be a guy where they, Rajon Rondo will be a guy where they may have to lean on. So I like this signing here. Uh, good signing. So yeah, uh, moving on. Paul Millsap, uh, uh, another guy who does little things for a team, but he also is probably their third best player um, overall. Uh, he wasn't their third like scoring option. That was obviously Michael Porter Jr. in the uh, playoffs. But as an overall complete player, Paul Millsap he gets it done defensively, and he's and uh, he's nothing to sneeze at offensively. I feel like whenever Jokic is out there, Paul Millsap does a great job of covering up Jokic's flaws defensively because he is a good defender. And um, this team is was actually pretty decent defensively between Jeremy Grant and Paul Millsap. They made up. They they did a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, there, there uh, defensively. So I like this. I like this signing. Um, you know, uh, that's pretty much all. This, all I have to really say about this deal. Uh, he's a, he's he's just a really big piece, and just for that reason alone. Because if you plug him out and he goes to a different team, they're hurting defensively. So he makes up. He make he, he's. He makes a lot up a lot of the defensive impact. He, he impacts his team. Um, very a lot uh, defensively. So, yeah, it's a uh, good signing. Nuggets desperately needed him back. So, yeah. Uh, moving on, Carmelo Anthony is re-signing with Portland. Um, I like this re-sign because Carmelo Anthony is a bucket getter. He's great offensively. We just signed Rodney Hood and um, Robert Covington, uh, two wings who are great defenders. So now we have a wing who's great. We have a wing in Carmelo Anthony who can get buckets, and now we have two uh, wings who, you know, are uh, great de- uh, great defensive players. So we have depth there at that wing position and a nice balance attack. So I like that for my, tor- for my Portland Trailblazers. So, yeah, I'm happy with that signing there. Uh, moving on, Tristan Thompson has agreed to a deal with the Celtics. This guy, another guy who will do the little things for this Celtics team, um, there's depth now with the Celtics team. There's always been depth for the Celtics team for the past two years, and this is another guy who's just going to, who's just going to create problems. Uh, uh, who's just going to create problems defensively for uh, opponents. They're going to, uh, I mean, gonna, he's going to create problems offensively for opponents because of how good he is at defense. Um, he's a solid defender and just a guy you can plug into situations whenever you need a stop or whenever you need a. Uh, 
or whenever you want to put a defensive lineup out there. So he's a, he's a solid player, and if his offensive game can improve, then uh, this Celtics team got uh, got a, a good good player in Tristan Thompson here. So yeah, uh, moving on to the next guy, KCP signs a three-year, forty million dollar deal with the Lakers. Solid signing signing for the Lakers uh, adds to the to like you know a bunch of the signings they've had uh, with Montrez Harrell and. Dennis Schroeder, and then Mark Gasol, who I'm going to get to in a, a little bit with that signing. Uh, so, yeah, solid player, solid signing there, good two-way, good two-way player, uh, solid starter for the uh, Lakers. So, yeah, good signing. Um, moving on, Serge Ibaka has agreed to a deal with the Clippers. You know, Montrose Harrell signed with the Lakers. They sub in Serge Ibaka right there. Uh, so they didn't really lose a whole lot. This guy is going to bring about the same – around the same uh, thing, you know, Montrose Harrell brought. Good defensive player. Good two-way player, intensity, all that sort of thing. That that whole that sort of you know that big sort of thing. Just a solid big man uh, for this team is what they need, and that's what they got. So yeah. Um, moving on, Jeff Teague. He's agreed to a one-year deal with the Boston Celtics. Um, solid player, just adding depth to the team offensively. So uh, yeah, solid trade, uh, solid sign there. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, he signs a five-year, $195 million max extension with the Utah Jazz. Happy for this man. Uh, he's the building block of this uh, Utah's, of this Utah Jazz uh, team. Uh, really the foundation, the center stone, the core piece, all of that. All of that. Uh, superstar in this league, top 20, 15 player, definitely deserved uh, this contract. Uh, so, yeah, bright things to come for that man um, and for that team in the future. Uh, now moving on, there's a report that Hawks have submitted an offer sheet for Bogdan Bogdanovich. This offer is four years, $72 million. Kings will have 48 hours to match it. I'm pretty sh- I'm, I haven't really heard of anything, and I don't think Bogdan ended up taking the deal and signing with the Hawks. But let's say if he would have, this would have been a solid it would have been solid for the Hawks. I, I'm not. Uh, don't quote me on that because I'm not for sure if he did or if he didn't. Um, I'm pretty sure he's still on the Kings as we speak. So not really much to say about that. Um, moving on, Marcus Gasol has narrowed his focus to the Raptors and the Lakers. I'm pretty sure he he was traded to the Lakers. Or uh, so that's a that's another solid big man uh, to work well defensively with Montrez Harrell and then you ha- and obviously Anthony Davis. But uh, so yeah, so they really just got. Montrez Harrell and Marcus Gasol kind of for like Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee if they traded JaVale McGee in that package I'm not for sure what they did so I, th- I would say that's an upgrade I would take I would take Marcus Gasol and Montrez Harrell, Montrez Harrell over Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee so uh, their team definitely got better there um, um, Jason Tatum he signs a five-year 195 million extension with the Celtics so same exact deal that Donovan Mitchell signed just Tatum signing it with the Celtics um yeah, he definitely deserves to get paid. He's the best player on the Celtics team. He's also the core piece, the foundation uh, guy that the Celtics are going to build around for many years and try to create a championship contender um, with him and uh, yeah, and around him. So, yeah, solid solid signing there. Happy for the man. Uh, definitely deserves this money. Uh, he got the bag. So, yeah. Uh, moving on to the last signing of of this podcast of this free agency podcast it's Austin Rivers he signs a one-year deal with the New York Knicks it's actually it was actually an update and there was a it's actually a three-year 10 million dollar contract happy for Austin Rivers we've seen what he's done on uh, numerous teams in that role position 
Um, solid player. He can get a buck. He can get buckets for your team whenever you need whenever you need it. And I think he's a guy uh, where he'll be able to put the ball on the floor and uh, be able to showcase a little bit of his playmaking ability for the Knicks as well. Because he's I think he's an underrated guard. I think he'll be able to prove that he he can be a starter in this league. Uh, and uh, just show just show the Knicks what he's got, and I think it's a uh, solid signing for the Knicks, uh, a guy who can get buckets. All I have for the second half of this free agency part of this podcast, going to take a quick break, and uh, here's a word from our sponsors. Now, to move on to the NFL part of this podcast, me and Woop are both going to be breaking down half the NFL games these past this past week apiece, so I'm going to be doing half, and he's going to do the other half. So just to start off with a recap of Week 12, we got the Texans at the Lions playing on Thanksgiving. The Texans won 41-25. Not really much to say here. Both these teams are kind of out of it, but the Texans have been looking really good offensively. You know, they put up a, a 41 piece on this Lions team. Actually, a lot of Lions team, Lions team, a lot of Lions fans were thanking the Texans for winning because the Lions head coach and GM got fired after this, and they have just, you know, they hate their coach. He's been doing an absolutely terrible job, Matt Patricia. So they were thanking Deshaun Watson for beating him, so he got fired. Um, so I guess it's actually a plus for the Lions that they lost. But, yeah, not really much to say here. It wasn't that good of a game. It'll be interesting to see what the Texans do at the end of the season, though. Uh, next game up, we got the Chargers at the Bills. The Bills winning 27-17. to You know, this game was kind of weird. The Chargers had the ball on in the Bills' territory with, like, a few seconds left in the game and couldn't even, like, score a touchdown or anything, you know, at least try to make the game interesting and, like, be able to kick it onside, do something kind of terrible coaching by Anthony Lynn. You know, the Chargers have been in haven't lost a game by more than 10 points this year, which is kind of insane because they're actually let me look at their record here. Yeah, they're 3 and 8. They've lost so many close games and another one they let slip away here. Uh this Chargers team is good. You know, Justin Herbert is going to win rookie of the year now that Joe Burrow is officially out. So it'll be interesting to see what this Chargers team can do uh going forward and um to this Bills team, you know, they're still winning games. Their record is, yeah, 8-3. and three. They're a legit team. Defensively, they're getting better as the year has progressed. It'll definitely be interesting to see where this Bills team goes as far as the playoffs are. But um, I don't know. They're they're so wishy-washy to me. Some weeks they look better. Some weeks they, work, they look worse. But it'll definitely be interesting to see how that all pans out. Uh, for our next game, we have the Panthers at the Vikings. Vikings narrowly defeating them 28-27. This is actually a really crazy game. The Vikings had sole control of this game for most of the first half. And then to come out in the second half, back-to-back fumble recovery touchdowns by, I forget his name, but a Panthers corner and kind of made the game close again. And the Panthers actually had a chance to win the game, kick a field goal to win it, and they missed it far left. So close game for the Panthers again. Teddy Bridgewater's first game back. Um, This Panthers team could have been a lot better. And you could say the same for the Vikings. They both started out fairly slow and lost close games. Uh, Panthers are four and eight. The Vikings are five and six. So they're both not fully out of it, but pretty much out of it, unless they just go on a winning tear. So not really much to say there. Um, next game up, we got the Giants at the Bengals. You know, the Bengals don't have the starting quarterback, Joe Burrow, so they don't really have much of an offense. And Giants, they're a pretty trash team. You know, everyone's hyping them up because they're now a lead of the NFC East, but you know, the Eagles haven't even played their game this week, so I don't know why they're all saying this, you know, so low lead, like, bro, the Eagles still have to play their game, but they barely squeak out this win. You know, Giants four and seven, the Bengals are two, eight, and one. Um, the Giants are not that good of a football team. 
You know, Daniel Jones, although he gets a bunch of hate, is actually not that bad of a quarterback, but I don't think the Giants are actually a good team. You know, not much to say about this game. It was kind of a crap fest. Uh, next game, we got the Dolphins at the Jets. The Dol- Dolphins winning 20-3. to And this week, uh, Ryan Fitzmagic was back. You know, he's the one that led him to that 5-1 and record, I believe. I could be off, but started off the season well. You know, he got benched for Tua, you know, the guy they drafted, obviously. But he's been the one carrying that Dolphins team, and obviously this is against the Jets, so shouldn't get too high on it. But, hey, I like I like Ryan Fitzpatrick leading this Dolphins team. And, you know, they're 8-3, and three, I think. Oh, no, 7-4, seven, 7-4. Four, seven, four. Still not bad for the Dolphins. You know, they can still make the playoffs. Well, they're actually they're in the playoffs right now. But it'll be interesting to see what they can do towards the end of this season. But, yeah, the Jets are still winless. I I want I want to make a bet with Whoop to see – if the Jets win a game this year, I don't really know, to be honest. I, I got to f- look at the rest of their schedule. Let's look. I think we actually did this last podcast, but might as well do it again. Okay, so the Jets have the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders, how they played against the Falcons this week. Shoot, the Jets can win this game. They got the Seahawks. That's a loss. They got the Rams. That's a loss. The Browns, possible. Uh, and Patriots. So they have not really winnable games. Only two. but. Hey, the Jets have a shot to not be winless this year, so I guess that's good for them. Next game, we got the Saints at the Broncos. Saints trumping them 31-3, to not even a game here. I'm sure most of you guys already know, but the Broncos, literally 24 hours before their game, come out with the uh, release that all their quarterbacks have COVID, so they will not have a quarterback on their roster for their game. And... You would have thought the NFL would be like, yeah, we can push the game back. We can do this. But apparently the rumors are – well, not the rumors. It is true that all the quarterbacks of the Broncos were not probably wearing their mask and social distancing. So, like, they kind of asked for it. So they the NFL was like, yeah, we're not giving you a pass. you got to work with it. So they had to bring up their wide receiver practice squad guy who just got signed a few days ago or a few weeks ago to their practice squad, Kendall Hinton. He played, or played quarterback at uh, Wake Forest but switched to wide receiver. This guy's never even dealt with the playbook, so it was literally an L going into it, but obviously the Saints were going to win regardless. But, yeah, not really much to say here. The Broncos literally completed one pass. You know, they'd had nothing offensively, and the Saints are a good football team. I, you know, I, I've had the Saints coming out of the NFC. I stick by that. Yeah, that's if Drew Brees can get healthy. If Taysom, Taysom Hill's still the quarterback, I don't know if I have him coming out of the NFC, but, you know, they're, not a, they're a good football team even with him. But, yeah, not really much to say here. The poor Broncos didn't have a quarterback to play this game with. It wasn't a game from the get-go. Next game, we got the Chiefs at the Buccaneers. The Chiefs narrowly winning 27-24. to You know, this game was pretty hyped up. A lot of people were kind of talking crap about the Buccaneers, saying they weren't going to show up. And I think it's kind of dumb to say that just because this Buccaneers team, although they're 7-5, and let me make sure. Yeah, they're 7-5. Yeah, they're a good football team, so don't get it twisted. They have a ton of weapons on offense. They still have Tom Brady, who's a little bit questionable quarterback, but, you know, he's still the GOAT. He still can get stuff done. And defensively, they're extremely stout. Now to this Chiefs team, I mean, you saw the first quarter they put up. Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill were on pace to have – Tyree Kill was literally on pace to have a, over 1,000 yards receiving based on his first quarter stats. He had, like, 250 yards receiving in the first quarter. Insane. Literally insane. Um, the game got closer as it went on. You know, the Bucks defense started playing better. Things started going more into like a normal game, but the Chiefs still come out on top. Like I said, 27-24 with that last drive, just perfectly 
played by Andy Reid. I mean, Patrick Mahomes knows literally everything to do perfectly. He's going to become, I don't know if he's going to be better than Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time, but he's on a path for it right now, just how he's playing. And she's that Chiefs team, like it's, I don't know how you could even pick against them. I mean, the Steelers are undefeated, but that, gosh, the Chiefs are just looking deadly, especially how they handled the end of that Bucks game. Just, I don't know, not much to say there, not much more to say there. I mean, I, I'm staking by my Chiefs to win the Super Bowl for two-peat, but hey, we'll see what happens. And then my last game that I'm going to be doing, which is actually the game coming on tonight here, we got the Seahawks at the Eagles in the link. You know, everyone's riding off the Eagles, and it's kind of making me mad. I'm an Eagles fan, as most of you already know, but no one's giving us any chance for this game. It's already been released that Jalen Hurts is actually going to be getting some first-team snaps like without Carson Wentz on the field, so not just some trick play stuff. He's actually going to be able to run the offense a little bit, which I think is good just because, I mean, if Carson Wentz was being rated as an NFL team, he would be third in the league like as a, as a whole team in turnovers. I mean, that, that includes fumbles and interceptions. I mean, God, he's been terrible. So the Eagles need something to change it up. I think he'll play better tonight, though, regardless of these terrible stats he's been putting up. I think he'll play better tonight just because of the mere fact that the Seahawks have a terrible defense, especially a terrible pass defense. If they're either 32nd or 31st, I can pause them on one of those. But I just see Carson Wentz playing a lot better tonight than he has been and doing kind of proving the haters wrong, playing at home here. Um, I don't, I'm not going to pick the Eagles to win because they always love to let me down because I, in my heart of hearts, I do have a feeling they're going to win this game. But they're definitely not going to get blown out here like a bunch of people are saying and hyping up the Seahawks to be. I definitely see it being a close game. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm if I had to guess here, I'm going to go Eagles either win by a field goal or lose by a field goal. It's going to be a close game for sure. But, yeah, now to move on to Whoops part of this NFL podcast. And, yeah, appreciate you all for listening. Moving on with the second half of this Week 12 NFL recap. Um, Washington plays – at the Cowboys this week, won 41-16 in a huge division game. Uh, this game decided who would take control of the NFC East. Obviously, the Eagles played the Seahawks um, tonight. Um, if they were to beat the Seahawks, they would go back and take control of the NFC East and be the leaders in that division. But not much to say here in this game besides the Cowboys just showed up flat. Neither one of these teams are good. Don't. Don't mistake Washington beating, blowing out the Cowboys for thinking they're a good team. They aren't. Uh, just the Cowboys are awful. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all to say there. It was, I guess it was kind of considered a big game because the winner of that would end up being – would take uh, the lead spot in the NFC East. But, uh, yeah, not much to say there other than Washington just absolutely destroyed the Cowboys. Moving on, the Titans – at the Colts, the Colts earlier in the year beat the Titans 34 to 17, and people thought this Titans team were going to maybe wither away. But, but this week, this weekend on Sunday, the Titans destroyed the Colts 45 to 26. A great game by Ryan Tannehill and and, and Derrick Henry and AJ. Just a great, just a great overall game on both sides of the ball. You know, Ryan Tannehill uh, played great here, uh, made great plays. Um, A.J. Brown had a big game, had a nice uh, return for a touchdown. This team is uh, culminating at the right time, and I think we're really starting to see them uh, start. Uh, really starting to see them like peak, like have their first part of the of their overall peak, and uh, which is good for them. So they're a solid team. This this team's now. Let's see what their record is. They are. 
This team's eight and three now. The Colts are seven and four. They uh they another division uh another big division game and they take the uh they take the lead in this in this one and it's a little bit bigger than the NFC East because these two teams are actually legit contenders. So a big one for the Titans here, forty five to twenty six. Um, moving on we have. Let's see. Let's see. Moving on, we have we have the Browns at the Jaguars. Browns, okay, this is the thing about the Browns. They are they have playmakers on their team, and Baker Mayfield oh, was nineteen to twenty nine for two hundred and fifty eight yards and two touchdowns. But this team is not it's not as good as what the record shows. They just aren't. If they're only beating the Jaguars by two points. And it's and it's in the back half of the season. This team and this is supposed to be a time where they should be blowing a team like the Jaguars out. Then I, I don't want to hear that they're that they're you know in the this uh, like on the same level as the Titans, even though they're both eight and three. You know they 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 just aren't. That's that's obvious. They they still get the win and they should have got they should have killed this team. But I'm just not convinced that this Browns team is. Is as good as what the record shows. Uh, I mean, they have they they have good playmakers. Like they have Nick Chubb, they have Kareem Hunt. But the thing is, is is they're gonna have to rely on Baker Mayfield at some point because whenever they play a team in the playoffs who has a good run defense and just a good overall defense, they're gonna have it's gonna force Baker Mayfield to have to make plays. And I just don't know if Baker Mayfield's ready ready for that spot yet, or uh, or is ready to take that challenge. I I just don't think he'll. I I just don't think they're where uh people think they they are you know i don't think they're as good enough team i don't think they're as good as what the record shows um so yeah uh moving on from this game um we had the raiders at the falcons okay so i thought i thought this team was legit i really do and i think i think this was maybe just a fluke for the raiders cuz they got absolutely destroyed 43 to 6 um, the Falcons won this game, you know, and, and the thing was, it was just so many darn turnovers, like, Derek Carr had, like, three or four fumbles in this game, and it was like, every time I looked up, and what, and every time I looked up, there was a fumble, and it was going the other way, and it was Atlanta's ball, right out of the gates, like, the first drive, uh, Derek Carr fumbled, and then he also had an interception, so, like, it, it, right out of the gate, it just set them up for, you know, a bad, for a bad rest of the game, they just they started off flat. They and they, I, I, I really just don't think I think they thought this game would be you know maybe a cakewalk, and, and the Falcons proved otherwise. The Falcons now moved to four and seven, I think winning three of their last four. So they're they're starting to find momentum. But as far as this Raiders team, this Raiders team goes, uh, they're not out of playoff contention yet. They're six and five, uh, still still a lot of football left, and uh, they could still definitely make the uh, playoffs. And I think I think they're still a solid team on both sides of the ball um i think they'll regroup next week and uh and then and uh you know that they'll find the rhythm but but yeah uh moving on the niners played the rams and beat and and actually ended up winning 23 to 20 um a surprising win here um uh interdivision game niners that moves into five and six uh they're not out of playoff contention but it's not likely that they'll make it but the bigger the bigger story here is the rams losing because now they were tied with the seahawks at uh seven seven and three apiece at the top of that division uh but now they fall back to seven and four so uh if the seahawks somehow lose to the eagles uh tonight then they'll go back to being tied at the top of that division but a untimely loss for the Rams here uh, as the Niners take this one, 23 to 20. Uh, moving on, 
Bears played at the Packers. They were down 41-10 to at one point in this game. This game was never really close, and it ended up not really even being close. I guess sixteen point a 16-point game, 41-25, to is still a two-point score game, but it was never close here. The Bears just lacked so much. They they lack so much offensively. You know, if Mitch, if Mitch Trubisky is your quarterback, you're not going to be you're not going to be a legit playoff team. And uh, and I know they started off like five and zero or five and one, but we knew we knew if if their offensive struggles uh, when it turn around, they weren't going to uh, they weren't going to have success uh, later in the year because. Because if you look at the early half of their uh, season, they were winning these games and like grinded out really close games, and and we knew they were just bound to start losing some of them, or or go to the uh, or the game to fall to the opponent's side, and uh, now you're seeing that happen. They're five and seven now. Um, wait, wait, no, uh, I'm I'm sorry. They're five and six now, and the Packers are now eight and three. They lost to the Colts last week. A uh, big comeback, a uh, big you know statement win here, and um, so yeah, uh, the Packers—they're they're a legit team, you know. Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Rodgers—they did their thing in this game, and, and the Bears are actually—I know I just harped on them for not being a great team, um, but they're a good defensive team, uh, I should say. That—that's one of the reasons why they were five and one. So the Packers did—they did—they put up forty-one. They put up forty-one points against the team that is you know, legit defensively. So that's that's a good sign for the Packers moving forward. And this is a team that's uh, probably the second-best team in the NFC um, to to a healthy Saints team. So uh, they're, they're legit and uh, just a, a good win here for the Packers. Um, now moving on, you know, the Eagles, the, uh, the Seahawks play at the Eagles tonight at 8-15, uh, Monday Night Football. I'm a Seahawks fan. Y'all know Troops an Eagles fan. Uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a good one. I think I think the Seahawks are gonna end up winning this game. I think it's gonna be closer than uh, what people might think because the Eagles are at home. But Chris Carson's back for this game, which which is gonna be I think huge for our offense. Our offense is already good, but just having you know your starting running back and just bringing balance to your overall offense to your overall offense is it does it does wonders for a team. It just does, yeah, it does wonders for a team. So, uh, yeah, I, I see the Seahawks taking this game by like a touchdown. Um, it's not going to be too high scoring. I don't see it really being like really low scoring either. It'll be like middle of the pack. I, I see it being like 27 to 20, something like that. Uh, Eagles will keep it close, but I think Russell Wilson and uh, DK Metcalf will both have really big games. I hope they have really big games because they, they're both on my fantasy team. So uh, yeah, I, I see the Seahawks taking this game twenty-seven to twenty. Um, then Tuesday night, the Ravens play at the Steelers. This game was originally supposed to be on Thanksgiving night, but due to COVID concerns and um, it was postponed. It's supposed to be till Sunday, and now it's moved till Tuesday. So hopefully, this game doesn't get canceled overall because I also have Benny Snell Jr. Uh, on my fantasy team, who's the running, who's filling in for James Conner at that running back position for the Steelers since uh, James Conner's out for this game with uh, COVID. Uh, so, yeah, but as far as this game goes, huge game for the Ravens. They need to win. They've lost to the Pats, and they've lost to the Titans in the last two games, and this isn't looking like a likely victory for them, but it's a it's a must. Not, I would say it's a must-win game because if they lose, they're 6-6, six and six, and there's a lot of teams in the middle of the pack in that AFC on that AFC side who are fighting for a playoff position like the uh, Raiders, Colts, 
uh, Dolphins, they're all right there, uh, either have the same record or they're one game back of each other. So a big game here. And on the other side, the Steelers are trying to keep their um, their undefeated streak alive. So we'll, so we'll see what happens. Appreciate y'all listening to the Whoop and Shoot podcast. Go check us out on all platforms um, at Whoop and Shoot podcast. Go check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Whoop underscore Troop podcast. Uh, appreciate y'all listening and uh, enjoy the rest of y'all's day. Peace.